This is Teachable Moments with April podcast. I am your host, April. If you're a returning listener, I appreciate you and welcome back. If you're a new listener, welcome and thank you. To everyone listening, remember, teachable moments are all around us. Enjoy. This is Wellness Wednesday evenings. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to discuss a topic that has been, has gained traction, um, especially when it comes to reparations for the African American community. Um, What I'm going to share tonight is something that I was not aware of personally, and it kind of shows the the disconnect um, within the history that is taught to African-American children. I'm one of them. So, (laughs) wow. I shouldn't be surprised (laughs) that I did not know this, but I am. Okay, I am. I shouldn't be but I am. And it was kind of by mistake, if if you will, kind of mistake, but kind of not. Because, you know, there are no coincidences and things don't just happen. I'm starting to see that. Was that in the topic of reparations for African-American people was the fact that slave owners already got their reparations in the U.S. as well as in the U.K. So in this episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share information that I found from the New York Times from 2019 about reparations and slave owners, which have to do with the U.S., and then also USA Today. And that information is from 2020, I believe. Now, I don't think I said it already, but what alerted me to that this even existed about slave owners getting reparations was I was watching an individual, and I and I apologize in advance if I say his name wrong, but he has a YouTube channel that's called Indisputable, um, and I think his first name is uh, Dr. Rashad, and I don't know if it's Richie or Ricky, um, but I watch a lot of his content, um, and in a particular episode that he had on his YouTube channel, Um, And he has different segments where he has other journalists and anchors on there who give commentary and news, um, the bullpen and so forth and so on. I've seen quite a few of his. It tackled, it brought up this particular topic in regard to reparations. It started with, I guess, some commentary that um, Dr. Phil, who has his own show, you guys are familiar with him, had said in regards to how detrimental um, giving, awarding reparations to African Americans would be. And he gave his reasoning behind that it had to do with um, uh, 
that we basically as a whole as a people would um just like blow the money we wouldn't uh do anything very wise with the money and and by that i'm just surmising you know i would like you to go and look it up if you're interested if you haven't overheard already heard what dr phil said in regards you know to awarding reparations to people of color here in the u.s um and you make up your own mind i don't want you to just take my word for it but he basically felt that that was um would not be it would it would be a disaster basically and he is not alone in his his um there are others that after that when i started to look it up and was aware of it by watching indisputable by dr rashad um that other people um shared their reservations or resistance or just you know they just think that we should not be awarded any type of reparations of any kind um that's the, the impression that i got not just for the amount of a certain amount of money i just feel like i kind of got the feeling they thought we shouldn't get reparations at all and maybe i'm wrong and i will you know look to god to to help me you know rectify that but that's the impression that i got now when i hear stuff like this you know the reflex and my reaction right off you know right off the cuff is to get upset i think that this is normal but i also think it must be tempered with i always have to remember and remind myself where this may be coming from to look behind the imperfect human beings and look more at the spiritual aspect of this who is really behind uh these the, the these type of ideals you know behind the whole ideal of of owning slaves and oppression and we know that that type does not come from god god doesn't want people to be enslaved so he never wanted that but throughout the bible people were enslaved and what was the source of that the devil he wants us to be oppressed and to oppress each other because of the fact is he's oppressing all of us that's why things are playing out the way they are it's because the devil has oppressed mankind So of course those who follow the other one the devil the adversary they only mirror who they follow okay if you are god you do not want to oppress people you don't want to um do certain things like that so when people say things like this in regards to this particular topic and the, these type of similar topics may be imperfect i get like oh you know but i have to kind of like sit in it and pray on it and say okay it's okay to look up information on it but always remember that behind imperfect human beings what you really should be focused on is the spirit the being behind it and the spiritual ramifications of these types of things so it is not of god <clears throat> okay so with that being said i do want to share this so from the new york times 
2019, it says when slave owners got reparations. I had no clue. It says on April 16, 1862, President Abraham Lincoln signed a bill emancipating enslaved people in Washington. The end of a long struggle. I knew about that. But to ease slave owners' pain, the District of Columbia Emancipation Act paid those loyal to the Union up to $300 for every enslaved person freed. Didn't know that, though. That's right. Slave owners got reparations. Wow, really? Okay. Enslaved African Americans got nothing for their generations of stolen bodies, snatched children, and expropriated, expropriated, let me get it right, labor other than their mere release from legal bondage. The compensation clause is not likely to be celebrated today. Surprise! But as the deep the debate about reparations for slavery intensifies, it is important to remember that slave owners, far more than enslaved people, were always the primary beneficiaries of public largesse. The act is notable because it was the first time that the federal government authorized the abolition of slavery, which hastened um, its demise in Virginia and Maryland as runaways from these states fled to Washington. It offered concrete proof to enslaved people and their allies that the federal government might facilitate the destruction of slavery everywhere and it confirmed the worst fears of their foes about an interloping, tyrannical uh, president. Now, Abraham Lincoln, however, was anxious to preserve his fragile alliance with loyal slaveholders. He had advocated abolition of slavery in Washington in 1849 as a congressman to no avail. As president, he encouraged the border states to voluntarily end slavery. He chose Delaware as an ideal place to take the lead in the late 1861. But it became clear that Union slave owners could not be so easily persuaded. Hmm. This reinforced the need to make congressional emancipation conditioned on compensating them, which put abolitionists in a bind. Hmm. They welcomed the end of slavery in the capital, but chaffed at payments that validate the right to own property in the form of human beings, property and human beings. Okay. If compensation is to be given at all, the abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison said at the National Anti-Slavery Convention, there's a convention, in Philadelphia in 1833, it should be given to the outraged and, and guiltless, guiltless slaves and not to those who have plundered and abused them. I concur. Moderate anti-slavery advocates like Lincoln did not agree. Oh boy. To the contrary, they believed that any uh, manumission plan had to placate, placate property rights that were buttressed by the Fifth Amendment, which required just compensation for government seizure of private assets people. Lincoln appointed a board of commissioners to oversee the process of compensation headed by the North Carolina abolitionist and New York Times reporter Daniel Reeves Goodlow. 
All right. The board reviewed more than a thousand slaveholders' petitions to claim more than 3,000 enslaved people, close to the entirety of the dwindling population. Wow. Most of the uh, petitioners received the full amount allowed. The largest individual payout was $18,000 for 69 slaves. And back in those times, that was like, what? Felt like millions and billions of dollars, even though it was thousands, right? Although the District of Columbia Emancipation Act marked the only time the federal government would compensate slave owners. There is a longer history of slave owners requesting and receiving (laughs) monies for the loss of their property. Wow, really? Slave owners felt entitled to and often received compensation from local, colonial, and state legislators, especially in times of crisis when enslaved women and men ran away, wonder why they ran away, right? Participated in rebellions or were executed for crimes. During the American Revolution, owners asked to be compensated. Wow. When bonds people had died while working in lead mines, oh, in Virginia, for example, and when they sided with the British and ran away. After the revolution, as northern states carried out gradual emancipation plans, compensation was attractive to slave owners seeking to ease their financial burdens. Boo hoo hoo. The 1804 Gradual Abolition Act in New Jersey, for example, did not free anyone immediately. Good to know. It allowed children of enslaved women to be treated as apprentices. Air quotes. Slavery by another name. Love that, don't you? Apprentices. Hmm, okay. Until they reached a certain age and would be freed. Apprentices. No, they didn't. The law included a clause that allowed slave owners to gain compensation. Everybody getting compensated. They're getting compensated. Wow, I need to be compensated, but we can't get compensated. That's real nice. Compensation by letting their bonds people go free and then reclaiming them as bound out labor which gave them access to state funds for their troubles now in a break from tradition in the 1850s the abolitionist a name i can't say so i'm not going to even attempt it organized the national compensated emancipation convention in cleveland to advocate payments to slave owners as well as advocate payments to slave owners Wow, we, As well as smaller sums to be paid to the people they had enslaved. Smaller sums. You're enslaved, so you get the smaller sum. Hmm. Nothing came of his dual proposal, however, even though the smaller sums were the actual enslaved people. Hmm. Imagine that. That didn't work out, did it? To be sure, the major benefactors of slave owner reparations, slave owner reparations within the Atlantic slave system were Europeans. When England abolished slavery in its Caribbean colonies, okay, it offered compensation to 46,000 slave owners at the coast, I'm uh, sorry, at the coast, at the cost of around, now get this guys, hold on, hold on, slave owners at the cost of around 26.2 million. What did you just say? Wow, wow, wow. Mm-mm-mm. France went further, France, by penalizing ha- Haiti, 
okay, for the revolution that abolished slavery. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you have a revolution? Oh, in its former calling of Saint Domingue. Oh my God, it levied a huge sum on the island, which crippled it in decades of debt. Former slaves were forced to pay anemones to former slave owners. <laughs> okay, pause. Let me read that again. Former slaves were forced to pay anemones, anemones to former slave owners in exchange for official recognition of what? As the first black independent nation state in the Western Hemisphere. So now, oh boy. Let me hang on here. You got to pay them. The slaves got to pay them. Wow. (laughs) You just roll it in the dough. The long (laughs) insistent coupling of compensation upon compensation. I'm adding that to that. For slave owners with emancipation is useful for consideration in current debates about reparations for the descendants of the enslaved. This all makes sense. It makes all the sense now. So, of course you don't want to do it. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. I'm surprised they're going to ask us again to get in reparations. We're going to give them the reparations. But I ain't got no money. Okay. Critics and skeptics are fond of saying that enslaved people should have asked for... <laughs> okay, let me read that again. Let me do that one more again. Critics and skeptics, I bet they are, are fond of saying... That enslaved people should have asked for your recompensation back then. <laughs> Why are you asking now? Because you didn't give it to me. African Americans did precisely that. We did it. See, I didn't know that. And I'm African American. Huh. How, how does that work? Okay. Going back to the colonial era. I'm an African American person and I didn't know that they asked. That African Americans then asked for it. Why don't I know that? How is this possible? Okay, it is possible because it's happening, right? They petitioned for freedom dues. They sued the estates of former masters for their (laughs) unrequited or unrequited, depending on how you want to say it, toil. And they asked for land to restart their lives as free men and women of color. Relatively few of those efforts were successful. I'm going to think you got a big old zero. That's what I'm thinking. None of them. None. None, yeah. None. An overwhelming majority of white people believe that slave owners, not enslaved African Americans, deserved recompense for the book. <laughs> oh, oh my God. You got me clapping my hands over here. The only reward that was widely a reward. You, you don't deserve it. No, 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 no. The only reward that was widely supported was colonization which means a trip back to Africa. Well, yeah, if that's what they shouted, go back to Africa, and then that's when they hung us. Okay, some of us. Okay, the act allocated uh, $100,000 for the voluntary removal of the newly freed people, that's at $100 per person, to go back to Liberia or Haiti, which rarely happened. Preserving sacred property rights and removing the Negro problem, don't use that word no more, uh, offshore meant that there was no justice. Pause, pause. No justice for enslaved African Americans. All of the candidates 
running for president must support the federal government's issuing of reparations to African Americans who were economically affected by slavery. And it says three words, justice requires this. to the second segment of this uh, topic about reparations, reparations for African Americans today. All right, so so we just talked about the U.S. more or less, along with other, you know, countries, and that was from um, the New York Times. Was it the New York Times? Yeah. This one has to do with the U.K., and it is from U.S. Today, like I said, 2020. All right, by Matthew Brown. All right, let's get it. Fact check. The UK finished paying off debts to slave-owning families in 2015. That I didn't I didn't know on top of the other thing I didn't know. The claim. The UK government only Okay. All right, let's get into it. Recent fatal police shootings in the US have led to global reckoning on the role of race and injustice in society. Yeah. In the UK, this dispute has centered on the country's imperial history and legacy of slavery. In 1833, Britain used 40% of its national budget to buy freedom for all slaves in its empire. Okay, Britain borrowed such a large sum of money for the Slavery Abolition Act that it wasn't paid off until 2015. A graphic, po- a graphic posted by the political activist Rahim Kassim reads, This means that living British citizens helped pay for the end of the slave trade with their taxes. The graphic continues. The post has been shared almost 20,000 times. The story is echoed in an article by the website Your Black World. When the UK abolished slavery, the government compensated slave owners for the value lost from freeing enslaved people. It is true, the Bank of England only recently paid off these debts. I didn't know that. Now, fact. Congress did not designate Confederate veterans as U.S. veterans. Oh, they didn't? Oh, okay. Is that part of it? Okay. Slavery and abolition and the British Empire. So, we're going to give a little, obviously, history backstory here. The British played an integral uh, role in building the Atlantic slave trade, which enabled uh, slavery. They give it another name, uh, Chattel, Chattel, Chattel slavery. I saw it in the other one, but I just didn't say it. The brutal practice that defined most societies in the Atlantic world. Portugal and Britain were the, the two most successful slave trading countries, accounting for about 70% of all Africans uh, transported to the Americas. Britain was the most dominant between 1640 and 1807 when British uh, slave trade was abolished, the British National Archives found. In the total, about 3.1 million African people were transported to British colonies across the Americas and the Caribbean. 
though only 2.7 million people survived the harrowing Middle Passage, the infamous Middle Passage, and the confines of slave ships across the ocean where they were stacked like sardines. Okay, fact act. The Irish, yes it was, the Irish are indentured servants but not referred to as slaves. To me, kind of the same thing, more or less. Someone being a servant, um, it might not be as brutal as African Americans, uh, Africans, but the Irish were indentured servants. They call other ones uh, serfs and all that. Okay, anti-slavery sentiment grew in the Brit in the Britain in the Britain hmm, in the Britain. I don't know if that's correct grammatically. During the same period, with many British and African abolitionists agitated agitating for an end to the uh, trade and abolition of slavery. In 1807, the British Parliament passed the Slave Trade Act, which outlawed the slave trade in the British Empire. Many, however, simply evaded its restrictions. I believe it. Slave ships were regularly fitted out in British ports like Liverpool or Bristol. In fact, until 1811, carrying slaving equipment like shackles was not considered proof was not it was not you got a whole bunch of shackles but it was not considered proof of involvement and the slave trade so why you got a bunch of shackles okay marika sherwood found in her 2007 work after abolition britain and slave trade since 1807 you just own a with a bunch of shackles okay oh boy british slavers and capital were still involved in the trading of African people to plantations in major slave societies like Brazil, Cuba, and U.S. for years after the slave trade's official abolition. Now that I was made aware of at some point, yeah. Um, it doesn't make it right. I don't feel too good about it, but yeah, okay. Okay, then it goes on to say, yes, Kente cloths were historically worn by empire uh, involved in West African slave trade, like Kente cloths. Okay, in 1834, the British government outlawed slavery in Britain and its American possessions, though not in its Asian colonies, such as British India and what would become Sri Lanka. Okay, the British government also paid 20 million pounds, the equivalent of around 17 billion pounds today, to compensate slave owners for the lost capital associated with freeing slave slaves. They go on to say that, that there were various obligations they had to slave owners and institutions, and there are debts that were paid off by the UK government only in 2015. Wow. Wow. <laughs> compensating slave owners after abolition. The UK Treasury continued to compensate the descendants of slave owners wow, for decades after the abolition of slavery in the empire. The payments were not scrutinized until the British Treasury tweeted tweeted if you they tweeting tweeted out the historical fact in 2018 so let me say that again i want to make sure it sinks in like season in the uk treasury continued to compensate the descendants of slave owners not the descendants of slaves the descendants of slave owners for decades after the abolition of slavery in the empire okay i just wanted to let that 
that I processed that. The amount of money borrowed for the Slavery Abolition Act was so large that it wasn't paid off until 2015. I thought they told us that already. Didn't they tell us that already? Okay, which means that living British citizens helped pay to end the slave trade. Yeah, 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 I got that. The tweet read. The tweet was widely criticized at the time. I bet it did with many outraged that current British tax dollars, mm, okay, not for what I thought it was, was compensating the descendants of slave owners. The Treasury later deleted the tweet. Why you delete it? You're not doing anything wrong? Why, oh why, the UK Treasury, did you delete the tweet? The tweet, the tweet, the tweet, tweet, tweet. Why did you delete it? Why did you get rid of it? Why? I want to know why. I know why, but I want to hear you. Why? Okay, while while the British government hasn't disclosed a complete list of the recipient individuals, I always like the word recipient, and firms of bonds related to compensation for slaves, researchers at the University College London have compiled a list of over 46,000 current individuals and groups who have received government payouts related to the abolition of slavery. Many powerful British families, including current businesses and political elites in the UK, are among the recipients uncovered by the UCL team. Yet not all recipients were already wealthy or became so due to the payouts. Let me read that again. Yet not all recipients were already wealthy or become or became so due to the payouts. UCL records show that middle class Britons also benefited from the bonds, the bonds, the bonds, the bonds. Britain stood out among European states in its willingness to appease, appease, slave owners and to burden future generations of its citizens with the responsibility of paying for it. A journalist wrote for The Guardian in 2018, recently economists and political scientists have debated whether the payouts were necessary for the successful abolition of slavery. Hmm. Some arguing that political uh, will would have been better used to compensate black slaves instead. It says, our ruling, true. The British government only paid off its obligations to former slave-owning families and organizations. They, they keep saying it over and over again. I guess maybe they are like, they can't believe it. That's why they keep saying it. When this fact gained public attention and turned into a major con- yeah, you said that, controversy in the UK, which has since been reignited, I bet it did, by international reckoning over anti-black racism and social justice that don't exist. We rate this claim true because it is supported by our research. True, verified. Now I'm going to include this in here in case you guys are interested. Our fact check resources. Here are the resources. British National Archives, Britain and the Slave Trade. BBC, British Anti-Slavery, Ohio State University Review, After Abolition, Britain and the Slave Trade Since 1807, Encyclopedia Britannica, Slavery Abolition Act, The Guardian, The Treasury's Tweet Shows Slavery is Still Misunderstood, Mm, Is It? The UCL Legacy of British Slave Owners Database, Let me read that again, 
UCL, UCL, <laughs> Legacy of British Slave Owners Database. There's a database. That's interesting. The Independent, Britain's Colonial Shame. You got that right. Slave owners given huge payouts after abolition. Because you need to get paid. I want to get paid, yeah. The Guardian, when will Britain face up to its crimes against humanity? Hmm, yeah. God will take care of it. The Nation, confronting our long history of massive inequality. So if anyone is interested in any of that, they want to show you. That's how they fact-checked it. These are the sources. They got the facts. They got and with the receipts, in case you was wondering. And then it said, thank you for supporting our journalism. Then they said, our fact-check work is supported, or in this case, past tense. Our fact-check work was supported in part by a grant from Facebook. Look at that. just listening to Teachable Moments with April podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We invite you to stay connected with us on our social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We also encourage you to join the Teachable Moments with April podcast family by becoming a paid subscriber. As always, be well and stay blessed. Until next time.